Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rotating Reels, the film review podcast where we rotate between new releases and favorites recommended by the co-hosts. I'm your host, Hank Showalter, and I'm calling in from Seattle, Washington. Joining me today is only one co-host, Keegan Tran, calling in from Portland, Oregon. Say hi, Keegan. Leave Guy alone! So, uh, for those of you that are regulars here, uh, you might be shocked that the third co-host is missing, but you wouldn't be shocked if you watched the last episode, because uh, he announced that he's going to be taking a small leave of absence uh, from the show during a really particularly busy time at work. At Rotating Reels, we all feel for him strongly. It sounds (laughs) like a living nightmare. (laughs) Well, you know, that's kind of the public-facing side. Behind the scenes... Very regular people may know that Taylor was just difficult to work with, often violent toward his co-hosts, uh, just generally kind of a problematic person. So we are looking to recast him. Yeah, you know, taking uh, taking resumes now <laughs> at rotating reels podcast at gmail <laughs> um, Anyway, though, we only have the two co-hosts today. Uh, Taylor is taking an amicable leave of absence. <laughs> he will be back, uh, we believe, in early September. Um, but for now, what we've got for you is a film review of the recent film, Free Guy, starring Ryan Reynolds. I'll give you a little blurb of the, of the film when we get to the actual start of the, of the review. But before we get there, uh, we have one order of business, and that is what we've been watching. So every week, uh, the co-hosts kind of go in a circle and we talk about the TV and movies we've been watching. And normally, we each have a solid uh, limit of three minutes on our our walkthrough. This week, since Taylor's missing, Keegan and I are both going to take an extra long five minutes to talk about what we've been watching, (laughs) just because we know that uh, a lot of our fans do like the segment and we don't want to shorten it, you know, if they're liking it. If you have an issue uh, with that, you know, feel free to reach out. We're still waiting on our first email. In our <laughs> but with that, Keegan, why don't you start us off? You got five minutes. Tell us about what you've been watching. All right. So I've actually been fairly busy on the things that I've been watching. Uh, a couple movies to start off with. Um, so I watched, I think it's from 2013, Eight-Legged Freaks. Uh, this movie's so old that a teenage Scarlett Johansson walks on screen at one point, and it's pretty jarring because we just watched. Uh, we're so used to seeing her in uh, like Marvel movies, and I feel like she's so so prevalent in pop culture. Um, this is like exactly the camp level of a monster movie from the early two thousands that you would want. Um, I had heard of this movie. I think I'd seen trailers on like Sci Fi Channel. But man, this thing's a lot of fun. I basically just had this on in the background while I was working late one night, um, and I would kind of jump back and forth between paying attention. And that is not at all a bad way to experience this movie. It's not particularly plot-heavy at all. Not much happens. Really fun, janky uh, CGI. But uh, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I think that's streaming on Tubi, but I have to check. Um, another movie I watched... Yeah. Another point in favor of Tubi. Yeah, ex- there you go. Free with ads, I think. Um... And then I checked out Insomnia, which is Christopher Nolan's second movie that he made uh, on a large scale. So Memento is kind of credited as kicking off his career, but that was made on an independent scale. Um, And Insomnia was the first kind of large production that he got funding for. It's a remake of a 1997 Norwegian movie that actually starred uh, Alexander Skarsgård, or their dad, whatever the Skarsgård patriarch name is. this movie stars Al Pacino and Hilary Swank. 
And the premise is that there's two LA cops that are kind of put on a leave of absence. They have to go up to Alaska to solve the murder of a young native girl. Uh, it, this is just like not talked about at all in Christopher Nolan's lineup. Like I think you hear a lot of like his Inceptions, Tenants, like his Batman stuff. But this is like a really fun, small, kind of small scale movie. And there's there's not the same amount of like supernatural, crazy stuff that you see in a lot of his later movies. That kind of makes it feel a lot more grounded. Um, and you know, people that have listened to the show know that I, I love Twin Peaks. I love this premise of a small town that gets upset by like big government outsiders that come in to solve a murder. Um, and while it's definitely again not as supernatural something like Twin Peaks, it definitely scratched that itch. Um, I believe it's like two and a half hours, but man, it is one hundred percent worth the commitment. It is it is a fantastic movie. It's kind of an actor showcase, um, which I'm a total sucker for. But I loved it. And then next, I'm gonna go really short on this, but I watched a Japanese movie called One Cut of the Dead. Um, I'm not gonna say anything else about what this movie is, but it's basically a Japanese zombie movie. Uh, and it's also an homage to the love of filmmaking and people that love movies and people that work in cinema. Uh, and it's so, so good. It's only about 90 minutes. Uh, it's cut into three distinct acts. And I will say it's actually based on a late 70s English play. Uh, and I don't want to say anything else about this because at one point we're either going to do uh, maybe a Patreon review, but at least I'll use this for a Keegan week. So I'm going to ban all my co-hosts from watching this for the time being because I just I loved it so much. Um, and then in the TV space, managed to check out two new shows. Uh, first, I've been watching Marvel's What If. Uh, the premise of this is that there's a within the Marvel Universe, there's a species of creatures called the Watchers. Um, each multiverse universe has a watcher that basically sits on their moon, kind of observes all of the things that go on within the Earth. They're not allowed to intervene, but they just watch. So the premise is one of the watchers uh, basically just oversees all these different multiverses. And he says, you know, what if instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, Peggy Carter became, you know, she got injected with the super soldier serum. Uh, and it basically will just take the, the the standard canonical story that you understand from Marvel series, you know, the comics and the MCU, and it'll change one small thing, and it'll kind of let that play out. Um, it's their first foray into animated series, and as someone that watches a decent amount of anime, I'm not super impressed with the animation style, especially considering Marvel has such a huge budget to work with. Um, it's kind of a letdown. Um, I really didn't like this first episode, um, and I think it's kind of boring, and I don't think they actually changed around that much um, but I have yet to watch the second episode and I've heard really good things about that so I'll be checking that out later um, and then lastly I started watching an anime series called Jujutsu Kaisen um, I'm watching this on HBO but I believe it's also on Crunchyroll as well um, the premise about a, a young teenage boy who is just incredibly driven like a lot of anime protagonists but he consumes the flesh of a sacred cursed being um, and becomes all-powerful it basically is just fighting other demons with the power of the demon that he consumed. Uh, it's not particularly original at all, but man, the animation is absolutely crazy in this in this show. You can tell that they are working with a huge budget, um, super polished. Um, I'm actually watching the dub, which I don't often do, but it's a super, super well put together dub as well. Um, all the voice actors are just giving it their all. So uh, easy recommendation for people that are into anime as well. And I think that actually rounds out my week. Sounds like a pretty fun week to me. Sometimes you describe your week, and I'm like, I don't really want to watch any of that. Uh, but not this week. <laughs> not this week. I like. I can't. I man, I can't uh, tell you how excited I am for you guys to watch One Cut of the Dead. It's almost. It's so good. I wish we could all watch it in a room together. That's how fun it was. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm really intrigued by it, but I do want you to avoid saying much more because I, w- I want to watch it. Yeah. Um, but uh, damn you for forbidding <laughs> it. I may never forgive you. Um, but with that, I'm going to go on to uh, what I've been watching this week. And I've actually got a pretty healthy, medium-sized watch week. I've had a couple short ones in the past few weeks, and I'm glad to have a little bit more to report on today. Um, So first of all, the things that I've already told you I'm watching in previous weeks, but they've continued. Um, Been watching uh, Wellington Paranormal, which is from the creators of What We Do in the Shadows. It's another, you know, kind of supernatural mockumentary comedy series still really funny i just finished the first season uh there are three and they're releasing weekly and uh every week i just really curse the fact that they're only releasing one a week it's uh it's really compelling to watch the episodes are a little bit too short for me um but i love it i love every minute of it (laughs) it's as good as what we do in the shadows um that's high praise yeah maybe as good i i I said that and i thought about it for a second (laughs) i it's almost as good as what we do in the shadows. I can't, I can't give anything quite that high praise yet. Um, anyway, besides that, uh, also continued watching American Ninja Warrior. The second episode of the semifinals came out, and boy, can these people do pull-ups. Um, <laughs> I've said that every week. It still impresses me to this day. I keep on seeing obstacles where I'm like, this is the one no one is getting past. And then someone pulls themselves up, and over the obstacle <laughs> and it's just really impressive every time um and uh besides that i've also continued watching ted lasso oh. keegan thank you so much for recommending this to me um it's an absolute treat every episode like i i'll like occasionally watch an episode as i'm eating lunch and uh i'm always like but what if i just took the rest of the day off <laughs> you know like yeah Who's to stop me? I don't do that because I want to space out watching it and I want to watch it with Haley. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a real treat. I, I honestly have nothing bad to say about the show at this point. I'm six or seven episodes deep. Um, but because I think it's so good, I don't think I should spew like so much praise over it. I think just go watch it. Like it, It's worth watching and not just hearing someone describe. Ted Lasso is fantastic. Now then, besides that, I tried one new series uh, in this past week, or new to me. I think it's been out for a while on Netflix. It's a Netflix original called Evil, Mm -hmm. and it's about a uh, psychiatrist or a psychologist uh, who becomes uh, an aide to an exorcist from the the Catholic Church. in any way, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting show. Uh, I think the visually, it's very appealing. I think they got like some good actors. It's very well produced, um, but it does kind of lack that spark of something just great. Um, so it's it's like really entertaining to watch. It's kind of a fun premise, you know, like this person trying to like disprove all these like miracles and possessions as uh, you know, just psychological phenomenon mm-hmm. um it's it's really interesting it's it just doesn't quite become kind of that great level that would make me just recommend it to everyone i'd say like if you're like kind of a horror fan but you want some television you can kind of ignore and still pretty much get what happened it's worth a watch it's also very pretty it's got a it's got a visual style that is much more amateurish than hannibal mm-hmm. but kind of reminiscent to, uh, of hannibal uh like the color palettes and stuff anyway it's it's worth checking out. 
wish I could give more of a glowing review, but it's, it's a pretty solid medium. Okay. Um, and besides that, uh, the only other thing I watched this week was a movie. Um, this one I've actually seen before many times. It's uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh. Um, what a fantastic movie. It's aged so well. You watch that thing in like 4K or whatever you can get it at. Like Frodo's big blue eyes just <laughs> looking soulfully out at this big old world. Like it's fantastic. Um, obviously, I have really nothing bad to say about Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. It's aged really well. The practical effects on the orcs look great. Um, I, I, I think even the parts where they do green screen it and it's kind of obvious still look really good. They have like oh, really yeah. awesome, you know, kind of art for the scenery and backgrounds. Um, so Fellowship of the Ring was as good as always, but I do have one major complaint. It's not actually about the movie, but uh, I went on Amazon to find the movie, and you know, there's the theatrical cut and the extended edition. Any true fan only wants to watch the extended edition. I've seen it many times. I had a friend that used to have all three of them on DVD as a kid. So I go on Amazon, and I'm like, I bet I can just rent the extended edition. You cannot. You have to buy the extended edition. How much it's does like, you buy I think it? I think it's like 23 bucks. For one, so um, not, not for the series. That's just Fellowship? Yeah, for one. Yeah. Damn, I'm so and sorry to say I'm this. Like, I but think then HBO to rent has it, it was three. like two bucks. All three extended editions? Let me pull this up right now. I'm almost certain that Don't it has all three. Don't you tell me that. I know. You might have just blown 23 bucks. Let's see. Oh my god. Yeah. I feel like this happens to me with some frequency. You should have just not told me. You should have let me come to that one myself. Um, yep, all three extended editions. Yep, three hours, 48 minutes. Oh, I'm so sorry, Hank. <laughs> God, I'm going to be emotional. We're going to need at now. least five new patrons to, to subsidize Hank's horrible decision to buy <laughs> that episode. I didn't even get all three. Okay, oh. anyway, horrible decisions aside, Fellowship of the Ring is great. Um, I firmly believe that if you think you're going to like this movie, just watch the extended edition because it's just more of an already great thing and it kind of fleshes out uh, the whole situation nicely. It's one of those things where, um, like, the director's cut isn't... It, it doesn't feel like they're adding in or, like... It doesn't feel like they're they're getting their vengeance on the studio by adding in controversial scenes or, like, weird dialogue scenes that otherwise wouldn't be there. It just feels like, man, I liked this. This is just more of... More of, you know, I liked A, more of A, you know? Like, let the final product yeah. B is just a longer version of A. It's, it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's also just a great way to spend an evening. You know, it's nice and long. You get, like, some wine and some, like, fancy bread and oil and vinegar, you know, something fancy. Um, and you pretend you're elves in Rivendell watching a movie somehow. So good. Anyway. It's a really good movie. And even though it's like kind of about evil and war in some ways, uh, it's actually kind of a comforting watch. You know, it's kind of, it all looks nice. The score is amazing. Anyway, we've <laughs> glowed over Fellowship of the Ring for long enough. Everyone already knows it's really good. <laughs> um, yeah, big, big shocker. One here, last guys. thing. Yeah, one last thing to mention. It's not TV, it's not a movie. Uh, this week I finished playing Yakuza 3, which is my fourth. Fifth game in the series now. Um, 
And man, they just continue to be really good. I keep on, you know, like starting up the new one and I'm like, yeah, but this might not be as good as Kiwami 2 or this might not be as good as 3. But uh, every time they just knock my socks off, they get me invested in the characters. I don't want to uh, glow on it too much because I do still plan on doing my, my eight-part review of the Yakuza series. <laughs> um, but if you like, if you like, like action-adventure games with a lot of soul and you don't mind uh, doing subs instead of dubs, I think they're all really worth playing. Really enjoyed three just now. And that's kind of my last thing for this week's What I've Been Watching. Yeah. Cool. So... With that, I think we're ready to get into the actual review of Free Guy. Uh, Keegan, you have anything you wanted to get in before we got there? Uh, no, not not much. How far are you in Ted Lasso? I guess um, about there was just the uh, the big auction of dates with the team. Oh um, yeah. So yeah. Jamie Tart. So I'm kind of in the middle of the drama. I I think it's like six or seven episodes, roughly. Gotcha. Okay, um, this isn't a spoiler, but you saw, you saw the panic attack. That that's when I first started crying. That was when true friendship shines through. Yeah. No, it didn't make me cry. Um, <sighs> I don't know if that means I've won our bet, um, but I, I did think it was a well well done scene. I did kind of feel for the characters. I just didn't tear up. That's fair. Um, we'll we'll get you through the end of the but season. But anyway. Okay, and then you'll give me my fifty bucks. <laughs> Potentially, I think it's a it's a hard thing to hold up if you if you don't cry, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, with that, let's get on to Free Guy. Um, so yeah, Free Guy is a brand new release. I believe it's from Disney because Disney properties appeared in it, but it's starring Ryan Reynolds, um, amongst some others. And I have a blurb for the movie up here. It's not great. <laughs> It reads, a bank teller discovers that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open world video game. That's the whole blurb. Um, and when you read it like that, at least to me, it sounds terrible. It sounds real unexciting. Um, but I personally was pleasantly surprised. Before I get into my feelings on it too much, I want to give my co-host, Keegan, a chance to give his general thoughts on the movie. All right, so... I think uh, unapologetically, I'm, I'm usually the co-host that enjoys just mindless summer blockbusters and popcorn flicks the most. Um, but that being said, I'd seen a fair amount of the marketing material for this movie. Um, I love Ryan Reynolds, but despite that, this movie just did not look that good at all. I was really not that excited about it. I think I was kind of at this point where I'm like, man, he's done Deadpool. He's done Detective Pikachu. It's just kind of this Ryan Reynolds shticks, shtick. It's lovable. It's great. It's fun to watch. But like... Man, how long can we stretch this out? And uh, again, I was very pleasantly surprised too. I had, I had heard some early buzz and I was like, Man, people like this thing? Went to see it with a group and it was, uh, again, I know, obviously it's not a great time to be seeing movies if you're vaccinated, you know, obviously do what, what you think is best. But this was one of the, the true comedy experiences that was a lot of fun in a big pack theater. Um, we saw it in IMAX. People were just laughing. There's a lot of great, you know, comedic beats. There's also just generally some really good good acting showcasing. You know, Ryan Reynolds, like I said, is always a lot of fun. He just has a super infectious personality that can kind of hold up any movie that he's in. Um, but other than that, we get some, like, people from TV transitioning over, right? We have Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Uh, I'm forgetting her name, but the girl from um, Killing Eve is in it. Is it Jessie Comer? Is that her name? Um, let me pull it up. Okay. I have the IMDb. Um, 
G- uh, Jody Comer. Jody Comer. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're a lot of fun. I think there's uh, some fun appearances, uh, fun appearances and cameos that I'll get into into spoilers. But man, this is uh, it's pretty fun. I think like one of the things that stuck out to me is that the premise of an open world video game and an artificial intelligence gaining sentience is a fairly heady topic. Um, and I think taking that topic and introducing it into a mainstream setting does require a fair amount of legwork. And I think this movie actually does a good job of introducing those concepts to a modern audience, right? Like I think Hank and I are a younger demographic. We've played a lot of video games. We're fairly familiar with you know, a large multiplayer video game. We both work in some capacity in data science. We kind of are in that world. But you know, I feel like this is a movie I could show to my parents and they would you know, pretty quickly be able to catch on and understand what's going on. Um, there are some pitfalls, right? I think when you're when you're portraying video game and video game characters and, and video gamers in general, like there's a lot of cringe bullshit humor that I think is inevitably going to seep through, and, and this movie definitely doesn't escape that. There's some some pretty stupid shit that that makes it into this. But overall, man, I didn't expect to like this, and I was I left the theater being pretty stoked. Um, and I think it's it's definitely something that I, I might check out again at some point on like a background watch or something. Uh, but I heard it got immediately greenlit for a second movie, and you know I'll absolutely check out another movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I'll check out another movie. I don't know if I'll expect much from another movie. Like, I still have that feeling in my gut, like, this might have just been a lucky little fluke. You know, yeah. all the right people happen to step into the room at the right moment. But, you know, I, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love the second to be just as good. But like Keegan said, uh, Ryan Reynolds, totally infectious in the movie. Uh, the co-starring cast does great jobs. Um, adding on a little bit, uh, it is really well produced. Um, I, I, like, there's always some weirdness when you're portraying, like, real people as video game characters or other virtual characters, and they kind of had some shots where they switched between, like, game graphics and real-world graphics, and, like, that was a little bit awkward, but besides that, everything looked really good. I thought, like, it was visually designed pretty well. Um, yeah, so well-produced, and there was an element of Disney to it, but it wasn't as offensive as, say, Warner Brothers and Space Jam. Um, so, anyway, uh, really pleasantly surprising movie. I want to avoid saying too much in our non-spoilers section, because I think there are some things where they're a bit more fun as surprises. Um, so that's all I've got for now. Keegan, do you have anything to say before we start moving over to the, the uh, spoiler zone? I will just wrap up that fantasy by Mariah Carey is kind of a kind of an underdog in her lineup, and it deserves all the love it gets in this movie. So I cannot stop listening to fantasy. I'm sure after you watch this movie, you were in the same place as well. It was the whole time we were driving home. Yeah, that that was more like I started listening to it on my phone in my headphones where <laughs> no one else could hear. Um, but I, it, you know, I will admit the movie did make me, me play it back a couple times. Thanks for calling me out on it. <laughs> Sorry, um, but with you that said, um, <laughs> with that said, uh, that concludes our non-spoiler section of the Free Guy review. If you haven't seen the movie and you think you might like to see it, I'd recommend pausing now and going and watching it because after this point, we're going to be spoiling things about the movie. And uh, even though I don't know if I'd describe this as like an incredibly plot-intensive movie, um, there's still some things that will serve you better as surprises. So, if you haven't seen it, last call to hop off now. All right, we're back from our pre-spoiler break, and now 
we're going to begin the Rotating Reels spoiler full review of Free Guy. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, first things I want to spoil uh, Channing Tatum appears in the movie. Uh, which is always a treat. I love Channing Tatum. Uh, you may recall I'm a fairly big fan of Magic Mike 2. Um, and uh, I didn't expect to see him. I don't believe he appeared in the promotional material. And uh, it was awesome to see him. And uh, it wasn't just a one-off. You know, he had a couple, a couple solid appearances on screen with some spoken lines. So anyway, glad to see Channing Tatum here. That was super cool. <laughs> also, Ta- uh, Taika Waititi. Uh, I mentioned in the uh, in the intro or in the what we've been watching section that I'm a big fan of what we do in the shadows. Uh, in the movie, Taika Waititi is one of the main characters, and I feel like he had kind of that same kind of flamboyant energy here, but a lot more uh, angry in this one. <laughs> I like you know I like the character better in what we do in the shadows, but I think Taika Waititi killed it in both roles. Anyway, awesome to see him here. Didn't see him in any of the promotional material either. Mm-hmm. Um, did I miss any of the really cool cameos? Um, there was a, a really quick one with Chris Evans, where he was playing. There was, uh, and actually, I wanted, I wanted to talk to that one a little bit more specifically, because for a moment when they did the Disney specific like callouts, um, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I hate this. Uh, and the two examples are when it shows Chris Evans after. Blue, blue shirt guy uh, uses the Captain American shield. Um, so that's just a straight up Marvel call out. And the second time they play the Star Wars theme song and have him swinging around a lightsaber, and everyone says, "Is that a lightsaber?" But anyway, I saw that at first, and I was thinking like, "Oh, did they just pull a Space Jam and just like start shoving commercials like into the movie I was watching?" Mm-hmm. But uh, unlike Space Jam, it was really fun when these things happened. Um, so I'm going to allow it this time. I don't know if that's like the right, the right move from like the, you know, artistic integrity angle, but uh, I enjoyed it this time. So I'm like, maybe it can be done well. Did you have any thoughts on that? I this is actually one of the things I wanted to bring up with you that I I actually really thought was a lot of fun. And I like I hate Ready Player One. I think Space Jam is also a terrible movie. And I think one of the things I like to harp on is how they just needlessly bring in crossovers just to it, it's it's brand recognition right it's it's nothing more than that the viewer sees it and they feel happy and there's actually three of them so there's at first he blocks a punch by the giant buff guy with captain america's shield and then he hulk smashes him with a hulk arm and then he brings out the lightsaber so it's i mean it's just disney on disney on disney it does a little bit feel like a series of pickup shots where uh, maybe this movie had been made before Disney bought 20th Century Fox Studios um, and they went back and they're like, hey, let's introduce a couple of our properties just to have some fun. Um, but I agree. I, I think it works really, really well. And I think the reason it works well is because I feel like the movie, despite having some cheesiness, kind of understands the the landscape of big online games like this. And I think, you know, Fortnite is not a game that I really enjoy, but it's super prevalent within, you know, multiplayer video games. And if you go on Twitch, you're going to see a ton of people getting, a, you know, a good amount of money by streaming Fortnite. And that's a game that consistently always has these crossovers. Like, after Endgame, you could play as Thanos in Fortnite. And, like, there's always skins. There was John Wick skins for a long time. I think Ariana Grande has a skin in Fortnite right now. Like, you know, big video games are known to have these crossovers. So I was, like, within the... the the universe of this world I'll, I'll accept it this is this is fun and it makes sense in its usage mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree with all of that. I don't know if I have a lot to add, but uh, yeah, it was definitely kind of product placement of like existing IP that Disney could shove in there. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fun, uh, you know, and it made sense. So we're going to allow it. I think that's the <laughs> official position. Official rubber stamp. Wheels. We allow it. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was kind of cool. Um, besides that, other fun things to spoil... Um, I was gonna. So I, I yeah. guess I was gonna ask. So yeah. I don't play video games as much as you and even Taylor do, mm-hmm. um, and especially I don't play a lot of online games. I have a Mac now, so that kind of prohibits me in a lot of ways. Do you feel like this game did a good job of representing what it is to be on a large, like say GTA Online, right? Do you think it accurately kind of represents mm-hmm. the culture of jumping into one of those big horrendous servers? And, and playing around with a bunch of douchebags. Um, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask, because I do play a lot of games, but I don't have the willpower to dive into like those huge multiplayer spaces. Okay. Um, it's just a lot to deal with. Um, so I, I keep my games to the single-player realm, almost exclusively. Okay. What I will say is that this movie's depiction of kind of like those, those big online multiplayer spaces does match up well with what I've seen of like, friends of mine showing me red dead online or something like that um so yeah you know it might be reasonably realistic uh, i'll tell you what probably isn't realistic is like a number of the things on like the technological side um i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely convinced that our AIs at the level they were depicting yet um and i was really surprised to see that like all of their servers were on site i feel like that it's probably not super realistic for something of that scale. Um, but I think those are nitpicks. I don't think the movie was here to yeah. be, you know, it was more of a fantasy than a science fiction to me. For sure. Soft, soft science fiction, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are the other things? Soft I was... like a marshmallow. Yeah. Like <laughs> that could have been a good, a good appearance was the, the, whatever the marshmallow man from, uh, Ghostbusters. But I guess one of the other things I wanted to pick your brain about was, or I guess one of the things that I personally really enjoyed was, I feel like this movie um, avoided some things that Disney has done in the past that I've criticized of being really cringy and over the top with its its inclusion of diversity. And I feel like this movie just, it kind of lays it out. We have, you know, we have a white male lead, but his best friend's black, and we have, we have a bunch of female characters. We have literally a couple Middle Eastern characters who actively kind of talk about like hey i don't want to hear your life story it sounds boring and sad and full of white privilege and you have taika waititi who's you know indigenous to new zealand uh and just like a super diverse cast but it never feels like it's pulling attention to it right it always feels super organic um and i appreciate that i feel like i always talk about that avengers endgame scene where they're like it's a big girl power scene it's it's really called out and exaggerated and obnoxious but this i, I think this movie did a fairly good job of it yeah, no, I, I agree that this movie did a fairly good job of it. I think it was just nice because, you know, they, they didn't... I, I, when I say they made it feel natural, I don't mean to imply that, like, I think it naturally should feel unnatural. Like, I don't mm. think that much effort needs to be put into this. But I feel like what happens is a lot of other movies, like, put so much effort into, like, calling attention to it that it no longer seems natural. So this movie, I felt like, was more realistic of like a di- diverse situation than a lot of movies that are very diverse. Uh, and also, uh, 
kind of less in your face about it like it, yeah. it uh you know it gave everything else in the movie more room to breathe including like the the performances from all the actors they hired and, you know. so yeah i really liked how it turned out i thought it was very organic um but I almost like don't want to praise it because I'm like, this should just be normal. This is like yeah. what any movie, you know, kind of should be. Um, yeah. I think to your point, yeah. like, I think the real world feels like this, like it's, it's not unnatural in the real world, but I think your, your expectation that it would feel unnatural is not in, in, in relationship to reality, but more so how most movies will portray something like this, where it does feel mm-hmm. really odd. Right. Like we're so used to feeling that cringe. Um, so yeah, it feels like the training wheels are off and movies are somewhat capable of, having non-cringy diversity which i love yeah yeah agree totally love that um yeah what else i feel like there were some pretty fun set piece moments throughout the movie um that were honestly better for me than some of like the big action blockbuster movie set piece moments um so i don't know like when I say set piece moments, I think I mean things like you know buildings like falling over in the street, you know, just like huge, thunderous events in the movie. Uh, a lot of like action movies have them, right? Like I'm thinking uh, Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla, whatever that terrible one was. Um, whatever that mediocre they just one don't was. Feel you that mean. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't feel that impactful a lot of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, in Kong versus Godzilla, like, you know, they'd be fighting on buildings, and they'd show the skyline, and all the buildings are still standing. Um, But in this movie, they had, like, awesome moments showing movies, like, deconstruct themselves and form a bridge, and it was, you know, very big and powerful feeling. And I was surprised to see, like, that sort of kind of, like, awe-inspiring moment in a movie I expected to be so mediocre and in a not-super, like, awe-inspiring genre. Um, Yeah. Did you did you think that was cool at all? Yeah, and okay, one of the things in that regard is I feel like they went super practical. Like, there were these long shots where Ryan Reynolds would walk outside of his apartment and we would do these long spins around him where we do, like, honestly, like a 720-degree rotation around the character. And I, I'm sure it's a composite shot where there's multiple things added in, but you'd have a guy on a motorcycle doing a wheelie past him. You'd have, like, a Camaro doing a drift past him. Like, Obviously, there's fantastical CGI stuff like helicopters coming out of the sky, but yeah, it adds a lot of weight to it when you have a mix of CGI with practical effects. And I was like, thoroughly impressed the entire time through as I'm watching this. Like, I I feel like it was a fairly physical movie. Like, I feel like there was a lot of stunt work involved in this. Yeah, no, I I agree. And and you know, similarly to the the previous thing we were praising, which was the diversity of the film they made it feel like pretty organic like all the yeah. stuff they showed like even if you could see it with special effects it felt very convincing you know like the the motion on screen was compelling to the eye um, i don't really know how to describe it that well but it's just very easy to watch in a way that i don't think a lot of you know special effects heavy movies are yeah um yeah that's and i really didn't expect to be saying that going in because the trailers <laughs> did not look good yeah, and that's crazy because, I mean, there's such an art to trailers, too. But, I, okay, I also wanted to get your take on this. This is something that I haven't decided if I thought was funny or didn't enjoy. So I'm going to leave this to you to help me interpret this. But So you had talked a little bit okay. earlier about how Channing Tatum is actually a fairly heavy presence as far as supporting characters go in this movie. Like, he, he has a, a good amount of, of screen time, um, but he is actually portrayed by this, like, fat nerd living with his mom who is, like, eating red vines and streaming. Uh, and I didn't I was like is this just like a rehash of the South Park World of Warcraft special like 
are we are we so basic in our understanding of the the demographic of video game players that this is like the the stereotype we go to, or is is this funny and this is like we're using something that's in pop culture like people understand that this is video games so we'll just use it as a shorthand for a guy that's playing games versus like an actual normal dude that has a nine to five job. Yeah, you know I. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm always kind of tempted to give those sorts of things a pass because, like, I did really like the South Park episode. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is that, you know, like, that kind of, like, singular depiction of kind of, like, the greasy, nerdy, like, basement gamer um, is pretty offset by them showing other people who are, like, kind of, you know, celebrity-looking as gamers. They had uh, a number of streamers shown throughout the movie that were, you know, you know they looked like streamers, you know, very well yeah. made up. Um, they even brought, I think, some real uh, famous real-world streamers. I think Ninja appeared in the movie a fair amount. Ninja and Pokemon. Um, so I feel like given lines again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think I, I didn't particularly love their appearances because I'm not hugely into the streamer scene. But what I will say is that you know that's like a very much I think more positive and modern image of the gamer. And so kind of throwing in kind of like one callback, but like, yeah, here's, here's what the media showed us as, you know, back in the 2000s. You know, it felt kind of uh, self-aware to me, yeah. at least. That's fair. Okay, fair enough. I think I'll, I'll be a little softer on that portrayal then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you brought up those... I mean, like... I could be wrong. It could be like there was some executive that was like, okay, and we absolutely need you to get this ter- terrible nerdy kid like yelling at his mom for vacuuming. Like, that's must have that could have been something that came straight on down from from production but i i don't buy it fair enough okay cool i i guess while we're on that for a little bit i don't have much to add to this but man those streamers are not actors man there is uh that is a pretty rough dialogue delivery on that part and it, it gets coupled with this whole really weird plot line of like the, the world kind of falls in love with Ryan Reynolds' blue guy character because, you know, people start catching on that he is a sentient NPC character, which is inherently kind of a, an interesting concept. Um, but it starts... There's kind of this, like, treat NPCs better movement that, like, the, the streamers in the movie are pushing, and they're like, this is going to make me play video games differently. I'm going to stop bullying NPCs. And I'm like, the movie is relatively tight, as is like i don't think this is something that adds a lot to this movie where it's like we, we have this pro ai rights you know protest going on i it, it came off as misguided to me i guess i'll say yeah yeah i uh i was actually kind of hesitant to bring that up because i was like is this like maybe like addressing something that i'm just wholly unaware <laughs> of because to me it made no sense um like they're doing that and i'm like are they saying there's just like the possibility that any computer NPC might be an artificially intelligent thing? Like, or are they saying that it's like somehow wrong to, you know, like buy a video, violent video game? Like that just felt like such an outdated, um, anyway, like I was watching it and I was just thinking like, I don't know what this means at all. Like it, like maybe (laughs) I'm just the wrong demographic, but it didn't land for me. I was like, "The the fuck is that? So, yeah, I could have been fine with that being excluded. Um, yeah. But, you know, if someone really loved that, uh, that's fine, too. Yeah, fair enough. I, I don't think it, it destroys the movie by any means, because I still had a really good time. But I certainly was like, this. if there's fat to trim, it starts here. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, 
I'd say there they could probably honestly remove some of the Disney stuff. Uh, you know, it's not like the first thing I'd remove, but it was like all pretty non-essential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the movie needed that much trimming. So you know what? You, you're allowed to leave it all, guys. It's got our permission. One <laughs> of the other things I like, I, this is yeah. so minor, but Joe Curie is like, he's a fun actor, man. He's, he's a lot of fun in Stranger Things. Like there's a lot of comparisons drawn between him and Andrew Garfield, which I don't think are unwarranted. I think they, they look very similar and they take kind of similar goofy, goofy guy roles. Um, mm-hmm. But Joe Curie, like the whole thing in Stranger Things is that he has great hair. And in this movie, they just make him a big old grease ball. And he looks horrifying the whole movie. I know they're trying to make it this whole, like, he's a programmer that doesn't sleep, but he just looks awful, man. And it's it's so, so off-putting. Especially when, like, everyone else in that office looks normal. Like, his best friend, the other, the, like, the Middle Eastern dude looks completely normal and well-bathed. All the other office workers are, like, clean and have good hygiene, apparently. But Joe Curie, man, can't wash his hair to save his life. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was actually kind of disappointing because I was like, "Oh, it's cool to see him." I haven't—I've actually only seen the first season of Stranger Things, but I'm like, he was okay. so fun in Stranger Things. Um, so anyway, at first I was like, "Man, I'm glad to see him," but then yeah, he, like, I don't—I don't want to call anyone out for their appearance. Like, maybe this was a very deliberate look, but in, like Joe, you need a new hair product or something. Like, it, yeah. it, it was not a good look. Um, just the whole movie so that was mildly disappointing but the more disappointing thing to me was his role was so boring in this movie despite being so central to it like i i really do think most of the movie was great fun right yeah but joe curie's whole character was just like people tell him to do something and he looks uncomfortable for a little <laughs> bit and then says yes that was just like his whole role like he wasn't like cracking jokes or doing any of the cool like action scenes really it was mostly just kind of Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, begrudgingly we'll we'll take out like the his orders. evil boss tells him to do shit. His you know ex partner tells him to do shit, and he just kind of ends up doing all of it and looking uncomfortable all the while. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, okay, this is probably one of the last things I want to end on as far as as takes. But I had this fairly unpopular take amongst the people that I watched this movie with, uh, and I'm curious where you fall on this. But after watching the movie. I thought that it would be a more interesting ending and make for a better movie overall if, uh, and I'm forgetting her name, but if, if the main female lead, played by Jodie Comer, if she would have ended up with Ryan Reynolds' character, and we like, what better way to add credence and add legitimacy to the idea of AI than investing yourself in this relationship with one? But ultimately, I feel like they kind of cheapen this whole idea that an AI can be a person by saying like, oh, well, he's kind of a person that's learning, but also, like, he's just an advanced algorithm written by someone who actually has a crush on you. You know, that sweaty, nerdy greaseball that has been, like, you know, <laughs> checking you out the whole movie. I, just, I I didn't necessarily think that, like, Joe Curie is a good consolation prize for this character. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh... I, I kind of felt similarly. I don't know, it was, like, kind of a worse version of the ending to her... You know? Don't spoil it. It was like it. the ending to her. Oh, what? Don't do it. <laughs> How have you not seen her? I know. Joaquin Are you movies, joking? I, whenever I think about a Joaquin movie, I'm like, I'm going to have to reserve a whole night. I'm going to feel bad after this. So I haven't gotten to it. Okay. Never mind. Um, but, you know, <laughs> those of you that know will know. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, no, it's uh, the ending to the movie. It was, to me, 
just like kind of flat and it didn't feel that original uh not that any of the movie was that original but it was like at least fairly fun and the ending of the movie was just kind of like a it was like watching the end to like i don't know madagascar or something where a bunch of animals have a dance party it's like well yes that is something to watch but why (laughs) why am i here yeah yeah all right i i feel i feel uh the word that I, I, I have been told I'm not allowed to use anymore, but I feel vilified, as my co-hosts say, I'm not allowed to say anymore. <laughs> Apparently the real word is vindicated. Vindicated. I'm going to stick with vilified. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for that. Anyway, I guess uh, I don't have a lot more to say as far as spoiling the movie. Like I said, not super plot heavy, but I think the cameos are a bit more fun if they catch you by surprise. Um, but so anyway, not too much more I want to say about the movie. I think it's worth a watch. But are you ready to get to rating it? Yes, I think I am. Okay, sweet. So uh, I've let you go first on both of our other segments because it's hard to rotate with you know, just, <laughs> just the two. Well, I guess I could just do off and on. It doesn't whatever. matter. But uh, it, whatever. But uh, anyway, I'm going to go first for my rating of the film. I went into it expecting absolutely nothing. Um, Maybe not quite a negative rating like Space Jam, but somewhere close. Um, And uh, honestly, it kind of won me over. I had a a pretty fun time. It was not a bad way to, you know, like spend the latter half of a Monday evening. Um, It was, was, you know, a decent time, a a decent excuse to go out to the theater. Um, So I'm actually going to give it... uh, 70 dead NPCs out of 100. Nice! Keegan, where would you land for your uh, your rating of the movie? We have very similar scales on this. Um, so I, again, I really didn't have any expectations for this movie. I was looking at our summer schedule and all these awesome-ass movies we're going to watch, right? Like, starting with F9 and moving into, like, Candyman, Shang-Chi, all these cool-ass big blockbusters. And I felt like Free Guy was just one of these ones that I was going to throw on the, the calendar as kind of a throwaway. Um, and again, similar to Hank, I was pleasantly surprised. It's it's not something that I'm going to look back on as like an absolute masterpiece or, or rewatch year after year. But man, this is a really, really fun way I spent a Friday evening on. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It was really fun in a big theater watching with people that were, you know, reacting to big explosions and, and big laugh track scenes. Um, so I, I really, really enjoyed this as well. Uh, and if I had to give it a rating, I would give it 700,000 out of a million ping of a character lagging in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Actually, one thing I did want to say before we close out, though, is you mentioned being in a packed theater. I was literally the only person in the theater for my viewing of this movie. Really? I had the entire theater, or like, like you know, the, the, the single room of the theater, I guess. The theater, does that include all of the, it doesn't matter. A single room of the theater um, all to myself watching the movie, which was actually kind of spooky. Um, next time someone please come, come watch it. Were you me. literally alone or like your group was alone? You were with people that were alone? Literally, Hank Showalter was alone in a theater. Ooh, that's kind of scary. I don't know if I like that at all. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's my last little tidbit about the movie. If you catch it in a theater, you might have to sit there alone like a madman. Um, but with that, <laughs> that's going to close out our review of, uh, of Free Guy. 
I think we were both really pleasantly surprised with it. It's, you know, if you're going out to theaters, it's a, a decent enough excuse to go out to one. Find one with comfy chairs. It is yeah. almost two hours long. But, uh, yeah, not a movie I wouldn't recommend. Uh, and that's way more than I expected to say coming into this. <laughs> so uh, that's good news. Before we leave you for today, uh, we just have a couple things to announce. Uh, first of all, next week uh, we are doing a collaboration episode with uh, another podcast called Two People in a Podcast. Uh, they're friends of our frequent collaborator, Denise, who runs, uh, what is it, Letterboxd? Letterboxd Out of Context. <laughs> Letterboxd Out of Context. Denise, if you listen to this, I'm sorry I forgot. Names are difficult. <laughs> um, but anyway, two people in a podcast are joining us next week. We're going to do a collaboration episode with them. And uh, the second thing I have to announce is what movie we're doing for that collaboration episode. So next week, we have a movie that uh, I'm pretty excited to see. I'm really surprised I haven't actually seen it yet. Um, I think Keegan might have recommended it to me in the past. It's a Korean zombie horror movie, Train to Busan. Um, I am really excited for this. I'm really excited to have two people in a podcast on. I haven't met them yet, but if they're friends of Denise, I'm sure they're great. Um, So yeah. Those are our announcements, and uh, join us next week for our collab with two people in a podcast where we review Train to Busan. Hank out. Whoosh. <laughs>